What's up, people? What's going on? Welcome, welcome, welcome to The Word, episode three. Glad to have you. We are going to have a killer show today. The Word is all about driving mad wisdom about selling, social, making your number, hitting your quota twice a month. So we're glad to have you. Let me introduce you to the one and only, if you don't know already, Ruth the P. Penders. Ruth, what's going on, girl? Hey, guys. Ruth here. Um, <laughs> last time we had the little playlist song um, on Keenan's screen, and there it is. It's on my screen now. So that's the song I was playing for this episode. I'm Ruth. I'll be producing and assisting in the show, guys. Nice to meet you. Nice to see you. Um, and this is a live discussion. Um, of course, we're talking social selling. So hashtag sales jolt. Any uh, questions um, that arise? Any uh, comments? Um, quotes? Anything? We're also doing a competition for a, a t-shirt and hat. Um, so the swag, the sick ass G swag. We all saw it. Look at that. So uh, the one the uh, most tweets and retweets combined throughout the show. Hashtag sales jolt. Um, get that baby. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, guys, listen, you have questions along the way. Throw it up in, at hashtag sales jolt. Um, you want to ask me a guess, it doesn't matter. Let's make it happen. This is freestyle, so we just frame it out, but it can go anywhere, and your participation makes it even that much better. So with that said, um, our first guest, or what we're going to kick off today, is being a fly on the wall. When you think about social media, I want you to have this in your head. It's like being a fly on the wall. When somebody says something about the organization or they're expressing frustration or they throw something out, that's stuff you normally wouldn't have gotten in the past. You wouldn't have had insight to that. Uh, you wouldn't know what they were saying because normally they keep it to themselves. And so when you get that information, you can do a lot with that. There was a time not too long ago, a quick story where I saw a tweet where a, a vice president said, having a difficult time with my XYZ sales rep. How do you handle pushy reps? And then she tweeted like 25 minutes later and said, wow, competition from XYZ saw my tweet and has called in and set up a meeting. Right? Before social, you never would have got that. You would have never known what that was about. So with that said, I want to bring someone in who's pretty much a badass. We're excited to have him. His name is Jack Kazowski. Kazakowski. Yeah, I said it wrong. Sorry, Jack. Love to have him. Jack is the regional sales manager for Acton. He's a badass. He uses social like nobody's business, so take notes, listen up, because he's going to teach you how to do this. And more importantly, I love this, people say he won't answer his phone, but he'll tweet you back within two minutes. Jack, my man, welcome. Yo, 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 can you hear me? Just want to make sure I'm. Uh, okay, good. Cause you know, hang out, man. You it works about ten percent of the time. So. <laughs> so you got the you got that Apple gear that's making it work brilliantly, man. Right? <laughs> no, dude, I got Android, baby, right here. <laughs> I, had to, I had to borrow these. <laughs> got it, got it. Make that so welcome, my man. Well, thank you for having me, man. I love I love your brand. I love what you guys are doing. Um, you know, it's uh, you guys are what social selling is all about, right? It's being different. Um, you know, not being boring, not being like everybody else, being human, having fun. Um, and, you know, people get educated when they're having fun. But when they're not having fun, 
nobody's learning nothing, I'll tell you that much. So keep keep doing what you're doing, and I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you, baby. Thank you. So when you see that, so let's just jump right in. When you see that um, that fly on the wall graphic, what does it tell you? What does it say to you? Well, you know, I was thinking of uh, you know, how I was gonna kind of explain it, but to me, the fly on the wall um, as social media, what really separates uh, you know the, the social sales reps versus you know kind of your traditional is that they are the ones that an executive or a decision maker doesn't know as snooping around and learning every single thing about them, every move they make, everything that's important to them. And probably knows them better than uh, their ex-wife, right? Uh, so you know that's why I like to be the, the fly on the wall. I like to be the, the the sales rep that's you know learning about you and doing a you know a bunch of different research and then engaging with you. Um, and you don't understand why I'm so good at engaging with you is because I've spent my time to research what's important to you and what's going to get you to answer my question. So is it true? I'm hearing rumors that you are one of the top reps at Act On. Yeah, uh, last uh, quarter I was number two. I did about 151% uh, of my quota, and the quarter before that I did about 145%. So yeah, I'm in the top uh, five in the company. Nice, nice, nice. Now, is it also true then you don't make nearly as many calls as everybody else? Absolutely, 100%. Now, I, you know, don't tell my VP of Sales that Chris Hardiman because he doesn't like me to say that out loud. But yes, uh, that's absolutely true. I mean, now, now, don't get me wrong. I probably have some of the most talk time. I just don't have, you know, I probably have the least amount of outbound dials. So talk. Okay, break it down for us. Talk time versus outbound dials, and why does it matter? Uh, dialing for, you know, dials don't mean anything to me. Um, you know, every company I've ever been at, you know, been in sales for 12 years, the people that dial the most. Typically didn't hit their number. <laughs> um, you know the the KPI is that you know if you're talking to somebody, you know your voice you know causes energy, conversations causes energy, um, energy causes trust, and you know trust. Let's be honest, trust is what closes the deal, right? I like that. Energy causes trust. I like that. I like that. So, are other people following your lead? You know. Yes Man, and no. Look at you. Um, <laughs> you know, I want to. I want to say it's it's tough, man. It's uh, it's um, you know, no matter. I, I wrote an article that I'm writing an article that I published today that says, um, and let me read it. It's called, it's called is LinkedIn? common. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna publish yeah. it here in about right after the show. But it's called is common sense enough to predict social media ROI, right? It's a long and, title. Yep. And um, you know the, the the basis of this is, you know, the first question. Like, if we could get more targeted buyers to see our brand message and gain more visibility as a whole, would we have a better chance of increasing revenue using social media? Right. The most basic common sense question. Now, the second question: If our brand put out thought leadership and spent time actively engaging on social platforms where buyers live, would we have a better chance of building relationships with our potential buyers resulting in more revenue? And the right? answer I mean, is to those questions, yep. Um, and then the, you know, the third one, if I start building a following of advocates, potential buyers, current customers, and influencers starting now, in 2018, will I have built a network that generates more revenue from the 2.4 billion people that are projected to be using social media in 2018? So what's the answer to those questions? What are the answers? Quickly, what are the answers? Yes or no? Yes. 
you're you are a fool in the top reps that use social selling you know strategies. Really Say it again. Say it again. Say it you again. Are, you are a fool yes. if you are not social not selling. Them. Say it again. You are a fool. One hundred percent. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you why. Because the elite social sales are just sales professionals are going to leverage the millions of people that are out there, and they're going to build their networks now, and they're gonna help people because in five years their network will be so big that they'll never have to pick up the phone again. There we go. That's where we're headed. Appreciate your insight, Jack. One one last thing. Social sales is about connecting. Get on the phone every day and reach out to two people and don't talk about your product. Figure out how you can help them. And I guarantee if you did that with eight people a week, think where how many people you know would want to help you back over a year's period at eight new relationships and conversations a week that have nothing to do about you. Boom, boom. Boom, boom, I love that. Give and take, Adam. Oh, it's his last name. Oh, I just based on it. But give and take, great book about that. Give, give, give. So, Jack, man, great insight. Salespeople, I hope you're paying attention and listen, listening. He dropped some wisdom on you. And uh, I know where I'll see you. I'll see you on social, my man. All right, brother. Thanks for having me. Thanks, right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So, Ruth. All right. So, talk to me, Ruth. What do you think? What do you think? I'm sorry. One more. I'm just loading up the answer. Answer. But the answer is yes. Yes, just because we got to. Well, it's it's. We would be louder than words. <laughs> right. Can we, get, can we get Jack to mute? Can we get Jack to mute? Jack, can you? Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Um, say that again, Ruth. Numbers speak louder than than words, right? I mean. He's making his number and uh, beyond. You know, he's one of the top performers, and he's using this this tactic of social to listen in on on the uh, um, you know the the problems that are going on. And you won't be able to get this insight unless you tune in. And this is a way of tuning in to our customers. Yep, yep. Tune. I like that. How you put that. So I think that's going to be my rant before we bring in our badass guest. Um, I talked about. Did we ever get the graphic, by the way, of that of those tweets, Ruth? Did we get? Oh, yes. What? Right. Boom. I know, right? So, guys, I talked about this earlier. Check out this graphic, okay? You want to stop down below? She she typed or tweeted how to deal with pushy sales tactics. Our focus sales rep is over the top, okay? So about three hours after that, people look at this. Three hours later, it says savvier sales. Two minutes after my tweet about Vocus, a guy from their comp competitor finds my office line and calls to pitch. Wow. That's a fly on the wall. That's how you leverage social. That's how you pay attention. What's cool is this is, this is actually kind of a long time ago. It's only getting more complex. It's only getting more effective. It's only getting more unique. And that's why I'm excited to bring those guys on. So my rant right now is going to be why salespeople are not leveraging this. And don't tell me you are. Now, those of you who are watching, I'm sure, yeah, you are because you heard about this through social. So you're kind of already playing in the pool, and I'm telling you what bathing suits will wear. But the most of salespeople, most salespeople don't do it. And it drives me up a freaking wall. I, I consult companies from as big as Verizon to startups, and I promise you less than 10% of the salespeople actually engage in true social selling. And I would say if you took LinkedIn out of that picture, it'd be even less than 10%. Because most people use LinkedIn, only LinkedIn. They use it to crawl around, to creep on people, and then ask for a sale. 
They don't use it for engagement. They don't use it for connecting. They don't use it for learning. They use it for a linear approach to sell their stuff so they can make their quota right away. And they really don't give a shit about the client or customer. So here's the deal, people. Social works. But like anything else, you've got to learn to use it. No, Mr. Sales Manager or Mrs. Sales Manager right now, let me tell you, let your people use it. It's not about what somebody had for lunch. If you still think Twitter is about what someone had for lunch and you don't care what they did this weekend and you don't care what they had for lunch, I don't care how good you think you are because you're not good. You're old school. You're not accepting the truth. You're not moving forward, and you're stuck in your old ways, and I never want to work for you, and I never let you work for me. So get real. Get real and start to change your approach and recognizing that ready. Now, hold on. This is what it's about. Hang on. Social is communication. It's just the new communication platform. It's just a new communication methodology. So think about this, guys. Back in the day, they had the phone. And they didn't want to put it on everybody's desk because they're afraid people would use it wrong and they'd screw up. So don't give them a phone. Only give the phone to the kids. Well, shit. By the time I got into the real world, everybody had a phone. And then after that, when email came out, I remember I was just studying the real world and email came out. And they're like, don't give everybody email. What if they email the wrong thing to the customer? And so not everybody had email. But now everybody has email. We don't even think about it. Those are modes of communication. And guess what? So is social. So stop blocking Twitter. Stop blocking Facebook. Give people access to these communication tools and teach them how to use it. Because it's just the next wave of communication. So cut it out. So with that said, Ruth, are you with me on that one? That I am. I just want to get these guys in the, into the conversation here. Um, Let's, get them in. Let's get them in. You want to introduce them? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to get them in physically. In, so. All right. So I don't even think introduction really is warranted, but what the fuck, right? So first and foremost, I'm going to do an alphabetical order so Coca can go last. Brian Fonzo, and I hope I'm saying that right, because that's the downside. You read everything. You don't ever hear pronunciation of iSocial fans fame is on with us. He's a badass, and he's lost in the dark, so I hope he fixes Wi-Fi. And then, also, Coca Sexton. I believe he was the number one social selling expert in the world. I was number 30, so I got a ways to go. Number uh, one. Right, number one! Right, I shouldn't have even been on the list, but hey, I'll take it, I'll take it, I'll take it. So welcome, you guys. Pumped, pumped, pumped to have you. Uh, Coca and I have, we met through social, so there you have it, right? We met through social, we hugged and kissed, at, uh, at an event and have been friends ever since. And I also met Brian via social. And we have yet to meet in person in the real world, but we both have three daughters. We belong to a very exclusive class. Yes. yes. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you guys doing? I love that rant. Your rant got me pumped up here. I'm, I'm ready to go right now, that's for sure. Well, let's <laughs> jump off. I got I got questions, but I'll get to them. Jump off. Where do we want to go with social? What do our viewers need to know? Either one of you have at it. Hey, I'll start it off. So you know, I think when it comes to, especially in the context of sales, that if you're not leveraging social media, you're wrong. I mean, we keep seeing the data, and you know, when I started doing this years ago, we figured out that, you know, I mean. It amazes me that companies are still leveraging dial the dialing for dollars mentality, where they have you know number of dials, talk time. When you know Jack was just a, a testament to this earlier. You know if you're not leveraging social media, if you are not co connecting and gathering insights and filling your pipeline with people who are already out there asking for help, you're leaving yourself at a huge disadvantage. 
So asking for help, Brian, what, when, he, when Coco speaks to asking for help, what do you think he means by that, and, and how does a salesperson take advantage of that? Well, I mean, I, I think it's the idea that, I mean, you can never, today, in today's day and age, there is no excuse for you not gathering feedback. And it starts really, you know, social listening is just as much of asking for help as it is everything else, right? So, like, people don't even have to be, you know, reaching out to you directly. If you were actually listening and you go above and beyond to show you care, because if you actually want to make that sell, you need to make that relationship happen. And it starts by listening. And listening is actually that first step that what Coke is talking about there. And to, to listen, you first be on social and understand where people are talking. And I mean, I love the little rant you had about on LinkedIn because I mean, the amount of people that are using LinkedIn for just one feature of a hundred that you could possibly be leveraging is pathetic. Because just because you have an account on LinkedIn does not mean you're doing social selling. That's bull. No. <laughs> All right. So you guys bring a company. People that aren't even no. using their profiles the right way. I mean, if you if you look at you know the overwhelming majority, uh, let's say majority, but you know there's a large number of salespeople who literally think, hey, I've got my profile. That's all I need to do. But that's only, that's like you're barely scratching the surface. If your profile isn't actually built, if you're not actually engaging and having conversations and sharing and contributing into that ecosystem, you're you're leaving yourself out of the loop. Like you have to be involved. You have to be engaged. Because if you're not listening, if you're not paying attention to what people are saying and engaging within those conversations, somebody else is going to. And nine times out of ten, that's your competition. And you have to be involved. You just, so you just said given. So if someone said this before, I don't know who, so I can't give them credit. And if no one said it, we get credit right now. Could you argue we're in the, a, a giving economy? Yeah, giving. I truly believe you are. And if you think, if you think about every, any, any professional out there, if you're not constantly adding value, Nothing is ever going to come back to you because then all you're doing is taking, and nobody likes the takers. You know, people like the givers. And for you know, you, you go through society over the last you know hundred something years. The people who are most successful are the ones that have been giving in in most cases. And you look at it, you know, especially in the context of sales. If all you're doing is taking and and and, and trying to be that that stereotypical salesperson, you're not going to be winning. You have to be adding value. In many cases, like Jack and I were talking about this on a phone call just the other day, that if you're not adding value with no expectation of getting something back, you're actually doing something good for the entire ecosystem. But the reality is, is as you continue to give, as you continue to give, more and more people are going to be drawn to you like a moth to the flame, and your reach explodes. And if your reach explodes, then you're able to you know, get even more business. Adam Grant, that was his name. Adam Grant wrote the book Give and Take, and I think that's a good example. So people say, what is giving, right? So this this, this um, hangout and the recording of this hangout, is that not what you mean by giving? People Absolutely. People use this, right? Absolutely. I mean, the whole idea is I'm not getting anything out of this. I mean, love Jim. You get to love talk Ryan. to me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but at the end of the day, the whole idea behind this is how do we take what we have learned you know, Brian and myself and Jim, how do we take our collective knowledge and share it with the rest of the world? Because if we can't share it with anybody, what's the value in that? You know, the, the idea that people are hoarding information and trying to control the, the flow of this information is over with. And it's been over with for a long time. It's just taking some time for some people to actually figure that stuff out. Uh, but yeah, that's the whole idea behind this is that we have to give. Okay. So if you ran a sales... So Understanding that we laid it out, we said you got to give, you got to go for it. So, if you ran a sales team, how would you build a social selling sales team? What would you do? So, sales leaders, listen up. This is for you. Well, I mean, I I think one of the things that I would do is 
what we're actually doing within the sales solutions team at LinkedIn. We have a no cold call zone. We are literally not allowed to cold call. Everything we do is based on relationships. If we open up our book of business or our prospects, and if I were to run a sales team and we had have you know, 100 target companies that we were going to do business with, if we didn't have relationships or some inroads into those companies, we're looking at the wrong companies. Or we've hired the wrong people because those people don't have the connections to build the relationships to actually earn the business. You have to leverage social media. Relationships matter. And if you don't have relationships within that ecosystem, you're doing something wrong. I love that. I just wrote that. No well, cold calls and homes. I love and that. And last so, time I checked, there's not, there, there's not an easy button for social media or relationships, right? I mean, I no. think, unfortunately, that's what people are assuming, right? They're not treating this. They're not investing the time like they do in every offline relationship. When you talk about someone face-to-face, -face, they're investing. They're, they're, they see the value in it. Unfortunately, that same person, when they go on social media, they want the easy button. They, they airmail it in. They, they, okay, hey, I'm going to automate a couple of spam tweets because I'm just going to send out my business card and, and spam everybody with you know, their sales jargon crap. But you're like, oh, you don't do that when you go to the bar or when you're on the golf course building a relationship. Why are you doing that online? You, it, it ha you have to invest the exact same amount of time, effort, online, on social, as you do offline in your relationships, or your relationships are going to suck. And I mean, it's, part of that problem is, too, if you suck offline, you most likely suck online, and that, online. Scares, that scares a lot of people. So I want to open up the question, right, so, Brian, why do you think that is? Why do you think that people understand inherently that when they're building offline relationships with you know, their, their partner or whatever it may be, their friends, why aren't they transferring that? I mean, I got my own opinion, but I want to hear it. You know, I think this is, again, like adding value. Why aren't people understanding there is a parallel road here? Well, I think it's a little bit of difference between management buy-in and leadership buy-in, right? <laughs> leadership buy-in, you get that, right? Oh, you have your leader. You have your guy backing you. Your manager is telling you, if you're staring at Twitter, you're not working. If you're, if you're on your computer, you're not working. But if I give you a, a, a card to go down to the happy hour bar and you're socializing, that is working. And that's the problem. If you think someone's doing social selling or doing social and engaging relationships, if the manager doesn't understand that value and see that you sitting in front of a computer doing that is the equivalent to what you're doing offline, that is the – because, I mean, at the end of the day, the sales guy's going to go, well, I'm going to keep my sales manager happy. I'm going to go sit at the bar and try to network with three people, where you're like, oh, I have, I have no global – restraints on me. I can network and build relationship without question. I mean, and authenticity is key when it comes online. And I think Coca, my answer to that, and I, I truly believe it, is we have to educate managers on the value of it, not just get leadership buy-in up the chain. And I, I speak from example because I got CEO buy-in. I skipped the senior VP of sales buy-in and all of a sudden uh, none of my sales team were doing what I taught them. And I was like, why is this not working? We flipped it back and said, okay, now I'm going to bring the sales VP in. I got management buy-in. They restructured incentive, incentives. They actually we actually built things in that said, hey, if this guy's actually you know, jumping in and creating blogs, creating content, sharing other people's content, actually doing, you know, being social, not just doing social, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you were going to start a sales team, Brian, a social selling team, what would you do? What's the one thing you would do? I would start by focusing on the how and the why, not just the what. I mean, get off the idea that we, we don't just need someone to be on social media. We need to tell them why they should be on social media and how they do it. And the training process is a continual process. You know, every day, social is not the same social. You know, and I had, I've, I've talked to you guys both for you know, well over a year now, right? It's not the same social as it was a year ago. It's not the same social as it was six months ago. And you have to understand the technology and the continual training. So for me, I start small. I start, here's some of the baby steps to get you on. 
And I mean, I, I, it's my hashtag that I use all the time, but it's, you know, screenshot awesomeness, which means every time you have a small win on social, every time something good happens, screenshot it because you need to build that portfolio of good things that happen because sometimes things aren't going to work out. Sometimes you're going to have these bad things. But if you actually screenshot the good stuff that's happening, that's when things can be a game changer. And I, I truly think when you screenshot those wins and you share it amongst the team, it brings like everybody together. Like, wow, this is a, a solution that can be a game changer. Love that. I'm going to write an entire blog post around screenshotting success. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So you said something, and, and, and Coco, you and I talked the other day about this too, right? You, and you just alluded to it, Brian. Things are changing. So are Constant. we in, in social? Yes. Is social about to go through a change? Is there a social reckoning coming, a correction? Talk to me, guys. So, so I think I'll answer that in two ways. I think that social is constantly changing. I mean, look at today, like, you know, everybody, like, I'm on Meerkat right now, but just as so we Periscope launched. Technology is changing. I, I was on Periscope at 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, but I also think there's just a correction coming. You know, when you look at the landscape now, like, I wrote something, I wrote, I took a screenshot, I uh, talking about screenshotting success. Of you awesomeness. Know, yeah. Screenshot of awesomeness. <laughs> You know, back when I started talking about social selling, there was maybe a handful of people that were using the term, especially within the context of, of LinkedIn. By the time I had joined, joined LinkedIn, there was probably about 1,000-plus people doing it. Now there's like over 6,000 people that have it in their profile. You know, that one amazes me. I'm glad that so many people are jumping on the train. But when you dig down deeper, you realize a lot there's, of still, a lot of yeah, there's a lot of people who are talking about it, and they're actually charging money on this, but they're not really adding any value. I mean, it's, it, it, I think that we are going to see a correction. I think that we are going to see something that, you know, that top 10% or top 5% are actually going to excel, and all these other people who are, you know, basically regurgitating stuff are, are going to fall off. You know, I mean, and that's why I like people like Brian, and and there's a handful of people out there because they're constantly innovating and they understand the stuff. This is always changing. I, I love that, and I think that's partially why the video stuff scares people. I mean, like with, with what what what, you're, and what what we're doing on you know, Meerkat and all these tools. The problem with like video that scares all the old school ones that are resting on their the books they wrote seven years ago is the fact that you can't fake this crap, right? You can't fake your passion. You can't fake the things that you're doing here. And that's the new social. The new social is authentic, uh, authenticity rules and your community is what matters. It doesn't matter about 400,000 followers if you have 50 engagers, right? And I think that's that's this element here. And and one of my favorite things to teach is, I, you know, I, I introduced myself. I actually did it last night. Like, I introduced myself as a change evangelist. I don't talk about technology anymore. I don't talk about social. I talk about let's change our philosophy. Let's change the way we're embracing these things for a new philosophy. So it's about you know, hey, community matters. People matter. Hey, let's not let's not just you know uh, hit an easy button. And I think that also includes you know, with this change is part of the change is this scary notion is you. Change is having so much so much faster than we could have ever imagined that you have to understand the importance of failing fast. And failing fast scares people. But if you fail fast, you learn from. It and you determined to know that you will not settle for failure. Success is around the corner. And I know Jim and I had that, that conversation on my social business hour. Like, I mean, that I think that is is you have to be willing to test, tweak, and try things out, and not be scared to fail fast. I like that. I like that a lot. You um, know, going back to that point really quickly, I was actually just saying this on Meerkat. Was you know I've been approached a few times about writing a book about social selling. 
And as, as much as I would love to own that and say that I wrote the book about this, the reality <laughs> is that I know if I wrote a book about social selling, it would be irrelevant by the time it hit the publisher. You know, there's just no way at the speed of technology and the speed of how people are learning to hack this stuff together and be executioner and, and you know, operationalize this, that there is really no way you could write the book in a way that it would be relevant by the time it went, hit, hit the stands. That's why I've always stuck to short-form posts and to e-books and to blog posts because that can happen so much faster and that body of work tells the story. But, you know, having a book that talks about, you know, how do you use social selling – by the time it hit the by the time it hit the, hit the bookstore, it hit Amazon, it would be totally irrelevant. So you've said before, you've said social selling is an ecosystem, not a product. Do you guys want to play with that? Go yeah, ahead, I mean, go ahead, Brian. No, I, I I'll jump. I want to you say. So you know, I think that there's a lot of companies that you know, are social selling products, and I think that. In many ways, they are. But I think what is more important is to understand that social selling isn't a single product. It is an ecosystem. It is a methodology. It is a way of doing your job and being more effective at building your pipeline. You know, to find the right people, to you know, gain the right insights. You know, and build those relationships. And there are some products that do that better than others. I mean, when we talk about it in a B two B context, like LinkedIn is place to go. But there are many other tools out there. You know, looks like we're losing Coca there for a second. Lose, we lose Coca. Yeah. Yeah, I think we lost it for a second. No, I think that conversation is interesting because I think, you know, um, I'm a huge tool in technology guy. I love leveraging that, but if you don't start by listening and start with a philosophy and a strategy that actually aligns with your business and your sales goals, it doesn't matter what tools you're going to be in there. I mean, you can't use tools to solve people problems, and you can't solve use tools to solve your bad strategy, right? And I think that's kind of the, one of those mistakes people are using is like, oh, well, I'm not doing very well in social selling. I just need to add a new tool. And it's like, well, maybe your philosophy. Maybe your strategy for the entire element of how you're leveraging social is wrong, not the tool. And you know, I think people are quickly to blame the tool, and then when, when the tool fails, they throw out the idea, the entire idea of social selling. And I think that yes. mistake. Yes. It's so, stop blaming so, so the tool, of, starting with strategy. So, so this is one of the things I think about social, right? And it's interesting. People are inherently selfish. Would you guys agree with that? Yes, beyond. Yes. Right. So if people are inherently selfish, smart so smart social sellers realize, well, I can turn that shit to my advantage. And people are watching Coca because they selfishly want to get close to Coca. They want to know what Coca knows. <laughs> Brian, they're tuning into your Meerkats because they want to take something from you, right? I mean, look, it's not a bad thing, but let's keep it real, right? They're looking to take something, right? For so sure. if they're tuning in, if they're tuning into this, I'm looking to get, we're looking to give them something, and they're coming because they want to take something. So the really good, smart people recognize social as playing people's selfish, inherent nature against them, and then once they realize they can get shit from you, and they want to be close to you, and they want to be connected to you, you now are the puppet master, with all due respect. Yeah. I think one of my favorite examples of that is Fred yeah. Wilson. He has 100,000-plus followers and a massive blog. Why? Because the man's got bank, he's smart, he's accessible, and people know if they want to start a business, he's got to be close to, so he, he owns that space, right? I think that's what it's about. You turn people's selfish nature to your advantage. Thoughts? 
No, I love it. I love it. And also, you know, it's that element of, you know, if you're giving enough to where you're, you keep coming back to the well, eventually you don't even have to make that sale. They're, they're, they're coming to you almost like begging to work with you, right? And it's because yeah, yeah. you've already built that up. And, and they've almost, uh, you're almost training them to um, streamline their focus to where you're the only answer. And if you're doing it really well, you become their, their, only, their only solution. They're, they're not doing a bake-off between all these different companies or your brand or your technology. They go, wait a second, I came up with all of my research, all of my strategy from this from one person. Why would I know? And that, I think that's when you do it really well. It turns into a game changer. When you can really focus on giving and then becoming, you know, leveraging that strategic relationship. And really, it's that trust bond that you're that person that came with all those answers. Now I have to work with you. And I think part of that is that that's a double-edged sword, right? I mean, if you're adding value and you're doing all this stuff that is building into, you know, the whole concept of being that single source of truth when it comes to whatever that concept is, the double-edged sword to that is that once you start gaining that audience and you gain, start gaining that trust, you would better not violate it. Because if you violate oh, it, man. you're done. Yeah. Right? That's a great point. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I, I, I think it's a message. I think that's a message for sales leaders. I think it's a message for sales leaders because I think sales leaders have a tendency to squeeze salespeople to get to that quota number and they'll make them do stupid shit. Yeah. Right? So they'll make them push or, or say something to a relationship that's not in their best interest or not authentic to get to the number. So great, Coke, and I think sales leaders need to pay attention to that. Yeah, I, I could agree more. And you know, the other part about that is I like your point, Jim, because you're right. Some people, you know, they also think because you have this great community and because you have built out this this authenticity for this long time that you can almost start to violate that and get away with it. And that doesn't work today. And like, literally, I mean, I, I really truly feel it's not about you know, it's building that relationship over long term. I think more about who you are today than anything you've been doing in the past. Because not only is change happening, but we're all kind of in this. This game together, and if you're, you're, if you, I mean, I can't stand right now the people that are looking at content and their secret weapon. And they're like, I'm not my fist. I'm like, what's well, good? Because I'm gonna blow right by you and through you with the people that I'm working with, and that crap that you're holding on to, you, you can just hold that in your pocket because we won't need it very soonly. And I think that's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right, so guys, good stuff. Ruth, do we have anybody who's asking for or any questions? Um, I don't have any questions that I'm seeing here, but um, I just want to go back to the point of um, selflessness and giving, right? And people are engaged to that, um, and that's what attracts people. And once you get more people attracted to you, that you have more a bigger pool of people to um, affect yeah. the difference with, right? I, mean, I think I think it really comes down to social capital. And if you're not building that bank account in the social space, you are going you're going to go bankrupt. You always have to be adding more value than you are taking out. You have to have more money in the bank than you are withdrawing. And the great social media people out there, the great sales people, the ones you know, the Jims of the world, the Brian's of the world, you know, the reason why they have risen to the point they're at is that they have added so much into this bank account and they have withdrawn so little. And because of that, they rise above. And the reality is, is that all boats rise with the tide. So as we continue Amen. to act with each other, all of us go up. And you know, it's our responsibility to make sure there aren't people out there who are constantly taking the withdrawals. Because when they withdraw, the boats rise lo lower also. So it's you know, it's that's what goes back to that whole correction. 
I think that you know it's all of our responsibility to maintain that equilibrium between the withdrawals and the deposits into the social capital bank account. So I have a real life. Hallelujah! Ex- Hallelujah! Have- can I get a witness? <laughs> I have a real life example of that. It's really small, um, but we just started the show. This is only our third episode, um, but we have um, now a relationship with someone. His name is Doug Lehman. Um, just Doug because, Lehman. Yeah, just because he uh, reached out, um, saw the value in our um, content here, and made all these videos. And he had nothing to gain out of it, really. He didn't come to us and be like, hey, look at this, da-da-da-da-da. But now we have a relationship. He did that completely selflessly. And uh, now it's a, it's a relationship based in trust because we know he's not just coming here asking for whatever it's, is in it for him. Doug so, has been doing well, yeah, it's funny, it's funny right? for so long. And again, like adding, like putting in deposits. Like, he has never come to me and asked for anything. Yeah. But he always is putting this stuff out there, and there's just so much value in that. Totally. Well, it's, fun, it's funny how that works, right? I mean, today, I think, I think people are asking tons. I mean, I think there's lots of asks going on right now, right? And, and people, some people have built up that social currency, that social credibility. But there's a difference between someone that's going to make me an ask, and I feel like I have to sell out or give everything to them. And then there's a difference here. Like, I was on the boat last night. I'm here at Social Media Marketing World in San Diego, right? And I was, I was talking about this show, and I was like, man, I get to go on with Jim and Coca. And I'm literally bragging about this. And I, it, it might have even been on Meerkat, too. Coco might have been watching it on Meerkat. But like, part, of it, part of it for me was, you know, I know that not only have I learned and, and you guys have been giving, I mean, not only content, but just everything along the way, but there's pretty much not an ask either one of you could make for me to do any of these type of things that I would ever say no to. And that's because not only have you built up the currency, but you've built up the currency and proven your worth. And I think there's a difference there because some people are like, hey, I'm just going to keep giving crap, giving crap, giving crap, and then eventually I'm going to make the ask. And I'm like, well, all that crap you gave me didn't help me any. And, it didn't, and, yeah. I, and don't, you know, don't try to make that like – and I, Jim, and there's a couple of people like Doug. Actually, I love what Doug does because Doug takes you know, great content that's out there and kind of almost reamplifies it for you, right? And isn't that partially what you love doing, right? Like help me get my message to more of an audience in a selfless way. And he does that, and unfortunately too many people look at that and say – I'm going to try to do that, but I'm going to do this in this sleazy way, and I'm going I'm to use that as my free jab, and then I'm just going to throw the right hook and think, hey, because I jabbed, I'm good, and you're like, no, wrong, stop giving me that. I mean, like, so I think the, the authenticity and the value that you're providing when you are making those gives is important. We can't, we can't any longer just say, hey, I did, I did three speaking gigs there, now they should spend, you know, pay me $100,000. Well, you did three you know, piss-poor speaking gigs where you actually went in there, you were hungover, you barely did it, and now you think you're going to get get the big dollars from me. I mean, I'm sorry. Games change. There's plenty of people that are going to step over you if that's the kind of things you're doing. And you I, know, hey, I, but I love this conversation. And let, you guys rock. Let, let me bring this up for gigs, a second. Real quick, quick his Go metaphor. Ahead. Shitty gigs. Shitty gigs is like cluttering my fucking house. I'm not a hoarder. I don't need your pizza box. Okay? Dude. You're not going to deliver me a hot, fresh pizza? Keep the box. I don't need it. Go, brother. No, what I was going to say was, you know, you kind of what Brian was saying earlier, that there's people who will leapfrog you in this industry. And we see this how social is changing the game for startups, basically in direct competition with the enterprise, and they're actually succeeding because they've learned how to leverage social. You look at somebody like Brian, and, you know, Brian jumped on the scene and was just adding value. Granted, he had years of experience on how to leverage technology, and he was helping the companies he worked for. But for the most part, like, he he was an unknown in the space, in the social space. But he took what he knew and he jumped right into the field and just started adding value and adding value. And you look at people like Brian and then you, there's other you know, 
experts and thought leaders and published authors and very well-known people in the space, and I would rather follow Brian than most of these other people because I know what I'm getting from Brian is authentic, it is relevant, and it is timely. Whereas most of the other stuff that's being talked about is all about stuff that happened two years ago, which really doesn't matter to me anymore. All right, here we go. We got to wrap this up. I can see. I appreciate. I love that. Hold on, Brian. We got to. Here we go. We got to wrap this up. So both of you, I give you a minute to say to to look our salespeople or sales leaders in the face and give them something. Give them a hot, fresh pizza, not a box, to help them walk away from this seminar or this this whatever the fuck you call it, right? And give them something good. Give them something good to walk away with. Coca, uh, you go first. So I'd say this. The one, one thing that I can give you value is, one, continue to add and contribute. You have to start thinking of yourself as the CEO of Me, Inc. You yes. are responsible for your own brand. And if you are not managing your own brand, your own social footprint in this space, nobody is going to care. Nobody is going to do this for you. You have to put yourself out there, and you have to be active. You have to contribute. You have to add value, and that is how you're going to add capital in this in this day and age. Mm. Boom, Brian, your you're up, baby. I love it. I love it. And I, I, I kind of line on that same thing. I, there's no excuse today not to be your own best marketer, your own best salesperson, your own best mouthpiece. Because who's better at telling your story than yourself? And if you want to stand out from the noise, because social is freaking noisy right now, is you have to be yourself and you have to step up. And my, my philosophy is always show you care. Go above and beyond what everyone else is doing. Everyone else is hitting retweet. Why don't you go into their content and retweet other content? Why don't you reach out to them on LinkedIn if they were posting great stuff on Twitter? Go above and beyond to stand out from the noise. When you do that, you change the game. If you're doing the same as everybody else, you're already behind the curve. And I think that's, that's where it starts. Stuff like what you guys are doing right here. This is, this is the game. Noise, or, you know, we cut through the noise. We're getting it real talk right to there, and you know a little real talk love for you know Coca's new uh, new boy uh, Carlos there. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Well done, gentlemen. Well done. All right, Ruth, what's up? We got Kristen Cardo's winner for today. I'm gonna send her some uh, ASG swag. And uh, oh, Brian dropped off there really quickly. Thanks, Brian. Coca. We gotta cut it out. We gotta cut it out. <laughs> yes, that's right. All right, so guys, on the show, Coco, we do on the show every day is we have what's called Cut It Out, okay? And what we do at Cut It Out is we tell, we find things salespeople or sales leaders are doing that has to stop. And so this bi-weekly Cut It Out is stop selling the product. I don't know why after 100 years of new age selling, we're still selling the product, but cut it out. Nobody cares what you sell. Nobody cares what features it has. No one gives a shit about your product. What they care about is what your product can do. What they yes. care about is how your product will change their space. And if you don't know how your product can change their particular space, the person you're talking to, the company you're talking to, not everybody's, but theirs, you're wasting their time. So here's the cut it out for, for this uh, week. Stop selling your product. Start focusing on solutions. Start focusing on change, and you'll get somewhere. So product sellers, cut it out. We've had it. It's enough. Peace. What do you think about that? Coca, are you with me? I'm totally with you. If you're not showing the benefit and all you're doing is talking about products, your product and the feature set, you're doing something wrong. And you're wasting my freaking time. So with that said, Ruth, what else do we got? That's all I got. Coca, thank you That's so it, much, hey, my young thank brother. Thank you for uh, having me on this, man, and everybody on the Meerkat and everybody watching this on the Google Hangout. 
really appreciate this opportunity. Thank yes, you. thank you to our Meerkat followers as well. Thank you for chilling out and watching it. This was awesome. Of course, oh, one final announcement. This is very sad to say. After only three shows, but yet over a year-plus commitment to a sales guy, Ruth is moving on to chase her lifelong dream of being a uh, chef-slash-cook-slash-food person. I know. I know. Just want to guys here in this space. Um, yeah. It's it's not totally goodbye. I'll still be out there. You'll still hear me. Um, but uh, moving on. We'll miss you, Ruth. Cooking stuff. So we'll know if she's cooking. We'll know if she's listened and learned anything. She'll be one of the lead cooks out in the social space, and we'll we'll find her just because we'll search for a recipe and it'll be oh look at that that's Ruth's recipe. Exactly. Right. So we'll see if she learned anything. More to come. More to come. <laughs> All right, Coca. Thank you, my man. Thank you, Jim. Thanks, guys. So just chill to the next episode. <laughs>